This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Welcome back to another Mackham in the Middle podcast and once again another match preview. We are at the business end of the season with every fixture now being a huge one and as the saying goes, no game is bigger than the next one and that's certainly the case this Saturday as Charlton are the visitors this weekend. So to get a good idea on the opposition, I'm joined again by Charlton Spotter Terry. You doing well mate? I'm doing okay Josh, yes. Thanks mate. And you guys? I'm doing great. Obviously it's a good time to be a Sunderland fan at the moment. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is. And it was over six months ago we last spoke on one of these podcasts, of course, after the reverse fixture, which did, of course, finish a very entertaining 0-0 draw. <laughs> in terms of off the pitch, nothing much has changed in that time. Obviously, we're still all locked in the house. We're still not able to attend the games as fans, but I'm still in need of a haircut as well. But based off what's happened on the pitch, what's the difference with Charlton now in comparison to the side that we faced six months ago? <clears throat> Well, cool, that's a good question. I mean, it, uh, there's some uh, there's some similarities. Uh, the, the majority of the squad is the same, but I think we had a conversation um, back before the, the the first game, whereby we'd just been taken over. Yeah. We trouble is we'd been in a um, a transfer embargo, so we we couldn't sign anybody for for the majority of the transfer window, and we just managed to get in some bodies just before. Um, the end of the transfer window, and I think we we both said uh, at the time, uh, looking you know looking at those names that we had, it looked it looked quite favourable and it looked quite positive going forward. Uh, as it turned out, not so much. Um, I mean, a few things happened as well. We had uh, we had a couple of injuries. We went on the eight game, nine game, I think it was even uh, unbeaten run. But the uh, the basis of that run is we had two real solid centre halves. And a very yeah. speedy, very speedy outlet down the wing in in Alfie Dirty. Um, all three of them got injured pretty much the week after we spoke, I think. <laughs> so uh, the, the wheels fell off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, basically we we had a, di- a completely different side to the side that we faced at Wembley, for example. Um, yeah. And the side that we got promoted with, and even the side we had halfway through the championship. But um, and the d- problem was, I think, that Lebo had was that he was trying to get the same tune and play the same tune out of a completely different set of players, and it just mm-hmm. didn't, you know, it didn't work. Uh, but he found a way of making it work in that initial period where we we were solid at the back, and we had somebody like Doughty, who was frighteningly quick and could score goals. I mean, there's, yeah. I don't think you can underestimate how, just how good the kid is. Yeah, uh, and he, he's out for the season, and now subsequently, obviously, we've sold him, but. Um, we struggled then to try and get a formula that, that, that worked. Uh, we'd win the odd game, but then we'd lose a couple and draw a couple, and then we'd win the odd one and lose a couple. And frustration started to set in, not just with the fans, but with, I think, with the, the, you know, the, the whole squad and the whole setup, because mm. it just wasn't working. And, uh, you know, I think most people 
uh, me included, were desperate for Lee Bowyer to make it work because he, he'd taken us on such a, a good journey up to that point. Uh, but it just the more it was, it was a bit like the more he tried, the worse it got. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, yeah, we were we were subject to a, a few absolute um, world-beating goals at the time as well. It seemed to when we when we lost, we lost by a, somebody that spanked one in from thirty yards um, or, or an unstoppable effort, but or or the bounce of the ball just went against us. And you know, we started looking at hard luck stories, and that's always a bad sign, isn't it? When you start grasping at bad luck stories as to the reason you're not really um, it's not really happening for you. So. Lots of things just started going against us, really, and um, something came to, had to come to a head, and and, and it did. And uh, Lee Bowyer decided that Birmingham was uh, a slightly better option than uh, the Charlton. Yeah, I suppose it's always a case in this league when when one thing goes against you, it seems to just build up very quickly, doesn't it? Well, as and you know, some of that, I mean, um, sometimes can be an excuse as well. I think uh, you know, confidence then goes. And I remember I remember speaking to a, a former player. Uh, about it, and he said that uh, when your confidence goes, you can be the best player in the world. But you, when your confidence goes, uh, the football starts to look like a tennis ball. So controlling a tennis yeah. ball is, is that much harder, and and your and your football boots become concrete instead of uh, instead instead of leather. You know, and things. The first touch goes, and all this sort of stuff. And then you try harder, and it gets worse. And so, you know, football players generally are, are confidence players, uh, and ours hit rock bottom basically. Yeah, well, as I said, it is a big game, and. It's a very big game for Sunderland, and every game will be now, but it's also a huge game for Charlton, albeit for slightly different reasons. We are, of course, hoping to chase automatic promotion. We've got the games in hand. Well, as you're chasing the playoffs, having played more than the teams around you, how do you see Charlton approaching the game? Well, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I've, I've um, managed to, I've been lucky enough to speak to Nigel Atkins about it, and, and obviously he's inherited a squad and a side that, that isn't his. So he's got to try and make uh, the best of what he's got and we've got good players don't get me wrong we've got some very good players uh, especially um, in that last uh, transfer window we did sign some we managed to sort of turn some players around and, and get some better players in so we've yeah. got some good players it's just a case of uh, him getting them to work in the way that he wants to and I think uh, the first thing we had to address was the uh, the defensive situation we were letting in far too many goals I think out yeah. of the top out of the top eight I think we've let in more goals than anybody else by some considerable distance I think we're on 50 at the minute um, so that had to be addressed and the signs are that that has been done yes we've had the two defenders I spoke about before they've come back Innes and Famwo and Innes was a colossus last Saturday in that win so we get that addressed we're probably not as fluid going forward as we used to be so I think uh, we won't be probably not anyway battering people 3 or 4 nil. so I think you'll see a lot of uh, games decided by your goal going forward and hopefully if we can keep a clean sheet then they'll go in our favour but you know, there's still those frailties. You, we saw, even though we won against Doncaster and we played well, still the odd frailty where you know, yeah, people giving the ball away in stupid areas, making silly mistakes that that uh, uh, they shouldn't normally do. <clears throat> Hopefully, Nigel Ekins another week to iron that out, and we'll see. But uh, you're flying. I mean, and and it's it's good to see. By the way, we if we do sneak in the playoffs, we don't want you. All right, so we want you to go up. <laughs> We want, You've got a good record against us in the playoffs, don't you? Well, it, it can't happen three times in a row, can it? So we want you to go up. Um, and not just that. We, you know, I think uh, Charlton and Sunderland fans have got a good connection. I mean, you deserve to be up there. So uh, we'd like to see you get automatic as a club. Not just uh, because we don't think we'll beat you in the playoffs this time, but we just uh, <laughs> we just think you deserve to be there and, and your fans have been for enough. You need to go up. Yeah, I don't think I could go through another 
playoff <laughs> final against Charlton with a, the 93rd minute winner against us. To be honest, mate, I don't particularly want to go through it again and we won. So, um, Christ knows what some of the fans are thinking. But, no, I think you're good enough. I think, um, and I've got a sneaking suspicion it might be, you know, Hull haven't hit real Rocky Patch yet. Uh, and I think yeah. they're, uh, they're due one. So, uh, looking at, uh, you've got games in hand, uh, Peterborough are on a roll, you're on a roll. Uh, and um, I think, uh, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Hull just wobbled a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, as a Sunderland fan, I see Saturday's game as a must-win for Sunderland. Obviously, we did draw against Peterborough. So, in terms of second and third, nothing's really changed. We are still in control of that one. Um, win our game in hand, we go above Peterborough. If we win our two games in hand, we go above Hull. But with that finishing a draw, um, obviously, we've got Charlton on Saturday at home. I say that as a must-win for Sunderland. Is it the same from a Charlton perspective? Or is a point something you would take right now if offered? I think um, if you look at the maths, then it looks like a must-win. But I think we're a bit more realistic than that, bearing, bearing in mind where we've been. And we're on a decent run. We've, we've had, um, I think, the last six games, three wins, um, three draws. You're on a four-win, two-draws um, scenario, I think, as, as the, the three above us in the form table are. So I think, from our point of view, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too dissatisfied with the point, given the, given the form you're in. Uh, mm-hmm. And so um, I think, from that point of view, uh, I think I'd be... Most Charlton fans would be relatively happy with the point, but then that will depend on what happens afterwards, of course. Yeah. Uh, and we've got a decent away record. We've, I think we're second or third in the in the away form guide. So we can play away from home. We know how to win away from home. So, you know, it'll be a tough game. I think um, it wouldn't surprise me again if it's a draw. Uh, but I think it, it, it'll be, a, if if it is decided by a victory, it'll be the odd goal. I don't, I don't, I don't see any either of us to sides romping away with it, of course. Who knows yeah. I've seen some of the results in this season. I mean Exactly, yeah. Norwich the Peterborough one comes night. to mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean strange things can happen, of course they can. And uh, and you've got uh, you've got players in form. I mean McGeady who uh, who couldn't really cut it for us in the championship but then was he given a fair enough shake and he wasn't really fit to be fair. He's now on, on fire for you guys. Yeah. The guy I the guy I picked out for you early in the season where you um, I think most of uh, most of your fans Wanted him out with Charlie White. Charlie White, yeah, I remember that one. He can uh, he can score goals in this league and uh, he's three already, isn't it? So um, I think your next best is six, isn't it? After him. Yep, and that's Grant Ledbetter. Yeah, so uh, I mean, you look at sides, and if they're capable enough, and I think my one worry for you guys would be that if if you come across sides that can actually um, keep Charlie White quiet in front of the goal, then you've got to find other places to score from. Uh, so, but McGeady can do that so um, that's a bonus for you and, and Ledbetter as you say has got six but um, that would be my only concern for, for you guys if uh, if somebody keeps um, White quiet then uh, your goal's got to come from somewhere else whereas we don't score many but we've spread it about a bit more yeah I think the good thing is obviously Charlie White was in great form earlier in the season I say earlier maybe three, five, three four five weeks ago he has sort of dropped off a little bit he's stuck scoring but with that, the other players have started to step up a little bit more. Obviously, McGeady's getting a few more goals. He got the equaliser against Peterborough. I think Jordan Jones has got a couple. Lyndon Gooch obviously got the winner at Wembley. Um, so the, the other players are starting to chip in with the goals now that White is dropping off. We've got Ross yeah. Stewart, who obviously scored on his debut, who I'll be interested to see if he starts against Charlton or not, because um, he wasn't, wasn't great against Peterborough. But 
You led on quite nicely because one player I do want to talk a little bit about is, of course, Aidan McGeady. He didn't start the season for us um, and he didn't feature in the game against you because Phil Parkinson just didn't rate him as a player. And as a Sunderland fan who's watched every single game he's played in this season, um, of course, he's top of the assist charts this season, despite missing, I think it was the first three months. You've briefly talked about him there, but what did you make of his performances during his time at Charlton? He, um, I like Aidan McGeady. I mean, I'm biased because um, obviously I've got uh, Irish connections in the family and he was a great player for the Republic. So uh, I like Aidan McGeady. I think uh, he was a good player. Uh, and I ra- I'd, I'd sort of put him in a similar position as Johnny Williams was for us. Mm-hmm. I'd comfortably passed his best on the, on the sell-by date, but still capable, still very, and especially in League One, by the way. So yeah. I think with Aidan McGeady uh, and a little bit like Johnny Williams, but I think certainly more so for Aidan McGeady is that You've got to be prepared to let him do his thing, I think. You've got to let him roam around. Don't give him a job to do. Uh, and you'll probably find that, um, you know, in 75% of the time, maybe that's unfair, maybe maybe 50%, um, he'll he'll attempt stuff that uh, you, you sort of hang your head and think, what on earth do you do that for? And I shoot him from 30 yards and yeah. uh, instead of passing. Uh, because he used to be capable of doing that comfortably and <clears throat> now maybe not so much. But what he can bring you, and as you said, the assists and uh, and the odd special goal, I think um, if he's, he can be the difference, uh, like Johnny Williams was, could have been for us at times, where in tight games he can win you it, and, uh, or, or at least rescue a point. So the problem is, if it is a problem, is having players around him where you can afford to have him as a bit of a passenger. And yeah. when Johnny Williams, um, this season for us, we didn't have the midfield around him, as we did have in our last time in League One and to a lesser extent in the Championship. We didn't have the players around him to give him that space, to allow him to just do his stuff and not worry about him tracking back or not worry about him losing the ball um, in the midfield so you put under pressure because you have people that can mop up and get him out of trouble. If you've got a midfield that can do that, then I think uh, Aidan McGeady is valuable for you. Yeah. And obviously going back to the game, which was a long time ago, and it feels like an eternity ago, but it was, i say only six months ago, it was still a long time ago, but... It did finish nil-nil, and Sunderland just weren't great on the day, and they did lack that creativity, they did lack that Aidan McGeady, um, if I think rightly, obviously Jordan Jones only signed for us in January, so he wasn't involved. Um, I don't think Chris Maguire started the game either, not sure if he came I think he was injured, wasn't he? Chris Maguire, I think. He might have been injured, yeah. I, th- I think Lyndon Gooch was the only kind of creative player that actually played. Um, you know, I think we started with a five at the back. Um, I think that was when we actually had defenders, funnily <laughs> enough. Yeah, so Hugo Nyan's been slotted in at centre half. I think he might have started that game at attacking midfield actually, um, or potentially a wing back. I'm not entirely sure what what he played there. But was Aidan McGeady the player that Sunderland were essentially just missing on that on that day? Do you know, I think um, yeah, you could say that. I, I, I'd say that uh, both sides were were struggling. I mean, we that game, if I remember rightly, that game was the start of our sort of eight to ten game unbeaten run. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we'd been struggling up to that point, especially defensively. So we um, I, I think we went out to nullify you more than anything. I think uh, regardless of whether Aidan McGeady had been there or not, he might have been a difference. I don't know, but it was from my memory, it wasn't a special game at all. I think even yeah. though even though you say you didn't play well, I still think you had about three more shots, three more um, attempts, three times more attempts at goal than we had, <clears throat> and we were at home. We. Um, so it looked on the setup that we were going to play a back three, but it ended up a back five, I think. And it wasn't until was it Flanagan got sent off. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I think that 20 was minutes from the end, I think. Yeah, 
about 20 minutes in and we perked up a bit after that <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah. But up to that point, it was a, it was a snore fest, as I remember. And uh, yeah. neither, neither side really, um, uh, I think neither side, if you looked at both sides at that point, you thought we were a world away from getting anywhere near the, the automatics or even playoffs at that yeah. point. And so uh, I think um, both sides have had to go through a, tra- a transformation. And you, you've gone through it a bit earlier than us with the, the changing of the manager in, in December, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't know too much about the new guy, uh, other than he brings with you, brings with him uh, a bit more steel than perhaps you've had in the past few managers. And you, I think you've added, he adds a bit of an edge. Uh, he's got a bit of a reputation for that, as, um, as probably you saw against the game against Oxford. You know, you're yeah. not going to get you're not going to get steamrolled by anyone, and you're, you're going to back you know back yourselves into, into your own, uh, out of your own corner. So, and that's important, especially in League One. You've got to be able to roll your sleeves up and battle. Yeah, I think one of the main differences we've always mentioned about obviously Lee Johnson in comparison to Phil Parkinson is the substitutes. Um, I think if I remember rightly, I think we waited. I think it was a few minutes until sorry, a few minutes before Flanagan got sent off. I think we made our first change, and I think. It was a Danny Graham who came off. Um, you didn't, and didn't you do like of, for likers, I remember, didn't you? Yeah, I think it was an out-of-form Charlie White came on. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, an out-of-form Will Grigg as well. And if I remember correctly, I think it was still only three subs then, wasn't it? Yes. It was. So I can't I mean, give him too I much said, criticism on that side. Well, I think I said in the post-match, um, you know, because obviously we've, uh, we'd had Phil Parkinson and I like Phil, I think he was a smashing fella. But, um, you know, he wore a cardigan for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a very, he was a very safe guy, and uh, you know you were you were chasing the game. You were um, not chasing the game. You were you were up to that point. I think the better side, and you could have gone on to one if you'd have just uh, rolled the dice a little bit. And instead of going for it, you uh, you took off. You know you did like for like subs, and that's Phil Parkinson all over. Um, yeah, he, he yes he he wanted to win it, but he was also a little bit scared of losing, so he didn't want to absolutely um, go for it and. That's probably uh, sums up Phil, bless him. Yeah. I don't miss them days, I've got to say. <laughs> uh, as I say, I like Phil Fox and, and I think uh, he was dealt a little bit of a raw hand uh, with us. In the, But then every manager we've had for the last 10 years has had a bit of a raw deal with what's going on behind the scenes. And just yeah. now, finally, we got some stability. Um, I think uh, in terms of Charlton fans, we're seeing this as and not everybody, because of course we still want to win, and if we can get to the playoffs, great. But we're more about now, about the next five years rather than the next five months or five yeah. weeks. Um, we know that uh, we've got a stable owner. We know that there's money there if we need it. We know that we can go forward. It might not happen as quickly as we want, or quickly as uh, as, as would be perfect. But at least we're going forward, which we yeah. haven't done for a long time. I can feel that one. I can relate to that one. Um, I've had a brief look at the Charlton side and, and the stats from the season. Obviously, Chuck Zaniki is your top scorer on, I think I think it's 12. Um, but in terms of performance, your highest rated player this season is actually Jake Forster-Kasky. Yeah. How important has he been this season for Charlton? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, <clears throat> Jake has had a real bad few years with injuries. Um, and the promise he showed as, as, a, as, as a young player um, sadly just didn't quite materialise over those last three or four years because of injury I mean he didn't figure at all the last time we were in League One because he was out for the season uh, yeah. he just started to come back uh, in the Championship but um, obviously he wasn't up to speed and this season even though we obviously we've gone down he's uh, he's just found his form again and we are a different side without him with him 
he, uh, he, he offers drive, he offers uh, the ability to pick a pass as well as, as, as tackle. He, he's almost a complete midfielder for us. And uh, as long as we've got players around him, and, um, then we're a strong midfield. Without him, we're a shadow of a midfield and, and we can be steamrolled quite easily. We need players around him, though. And, you know, sometimes this season we haven't had that because we had uh, at one point we had two midfielders playing centre-half. And so uh, he was basically trying to do it on his own. We signed yeah. some players who were quality on the face of it, but didn't have the real substance to battle League One. And you need that. Even if you've got quality, you still need the ability to, as I said before, roll your sleeves up, get stuck in and earn the right to play football. And some of the signings were a bit too fragile, a bit too young as well. Levitt from uh, Man United springs to mind. But, you know, we've, we've and Madison definitely springs to mind. We've yeah. replaced that with... Uh, with Decent, decent midfield players, and decent. Um, Alex Gilby's just come back from injury as well, so we're starting to see um, a bit more of a, a solidity about us. And midfield is where we lost most of our goals. I mean, everybody's quick to blame defence when you when you let in goals, but uh, it starts from well, it starts from the front, obviously. But we were far too fragile in midfield, or have been. Yeah. Well, moving on to team news, and of course we'll start with Sunderland. Um, there really isn't too much difference from Monday's game against Peterborough. Obviously, Denver Hume made his return um, as a sub on the on the hour mark, and I cannot describe how much my head will hurt if he doesn't start over Callum McFadden <laughs> on Saturday. Obviously, he, I don't want to keep saying he had a bad game, but he was rinsed against Peterborough. You know, as we've mentioned very early on this pod, confidence is a huge thing in football. His confidence right now will be rock bottom. Because you know every time a Peterborough tackle got the ball, they got past him. He just had no chance. So if Denver Hume doesn't start on Saturday, whoever your right winger is will have a field there. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say, I mean Peterborough for me are probably going forward the best side in this division for me. Yeah, and so, definitely got the best attack. Oh no question, no question about it. And because of that, and because they spend such a long time going forward. Um, and and the midfield creates that for them as well. By the way, you know you've you've got that three Harris, Smodix, and, and I'm trying to think of the other ones. It's, uh, Taylor is Taylor's one of them. Taylor, yeah, yeah. Um, probably got the best front three in the division. But you know, still the likes of um, Thompson and, and Butler still have to create that for them. So the um, to get uh, to get overrun by Peterborough, I think you're not the first. Uh, we we certainly did at their place, and we've got to play them again. By the way, uh, this season before the end. So, there. yeah, <laughs> well, we're going to do our best, obviously. Um, but, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, I don't know too much about um, you know, the way he plays, obviously. But uh, I wouldn't be too harsh on anybody that got rinsed by Peterborough you know, on, when they're on form because it's happened to pretty much everybody in the division so far. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Um, who is it you want to, to come back? Um, Denver Hume, our only capable yeah, back, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends if he's fit enough, I guess. I mean, only the manager will know that for sure. Uh, because, yes. um, you know, we we were desperate to get players back. And we've, as I said before, we had Ryan Innes and Fanwell. Um, you could see where our frailties were. And even when um, Forster Casky was out, we played him probably a couple of games too many. But we couldn't afford to yeah. drop him. And that meant that we missed him for, for, for games that we otherwise wouldn't have done. So it's always a, a fine line between making sure that you've got your right players, but not ruining it for, the, for your running. Yeah. Um, well, Bailey Wright and Tom Flanagan, again, both still very close to full fitness. Um, 
all his match fitness and could potentially but unlikely feature in the game in some capacity. From the Charlton end, is there any notable injuries or suspensions going into the game? Uh, suspensions, I don't think so. Injuries, yes. We've uh, we had uh, Connor Washington, who's been, uh, apart from Anike, has been our uh, other top goal scorer. He's, he's on 11, I think, now. Um, and just starting to hit form before he got injured, unfortunately. Couldn't make yeah. the Northern Ireland squad because of it. So he's um, he may be a doubt because uh, he certainly didn't play over the Easter weekend. And uh, it's whether or not he'll risk him, because we do have Stockley up top. It makes us a little bit one-dimensional with Stockley. Um, he's, a, he's a great unit, and he's certainly um, the best uh, second striker, if you can call him that, we've had for a while. Um, he can score goals with his head. Um, you would be surprised if he tried to score one with his feet, because he hasn't managed it yet. But um, he's a good player. Hold-up play is good. Uh, and EK is much better on, on the floor. Um, with his feet, and he can uh, he can bully defenders, uh, but it depends on uh, on the way we set up. Again, with uh, with our defensive frailties, it may be that uh, that Chucks will start from the bench uh, as he did on uh, last Saturday, uh, just yeah. so as we uh, we we sort of it sounds boring, uh, but it just so as we stay uh, a functional unit rather than uh, trying to uh, trying to win the ball, you know, trying to beat you on the floor, which may not be yeah. a good option. Yeah. Well, this will also serve as a reminder for anyone on the Fan Hub app to get your team predictions in for Saturday, or you will miss out on some valuable points. Um, the team that I've went for, for Sunderland, as the team that I think could start is Lee Burge, Conor McLaughlin, Dion Sanderson, Luke Gundayan, and Denver Hume. I do hope he starts, and I've predicted that he will start. Max Power moving back into midfield alongside Josh Scoen. Lyndon Gooch and Jordan Jones on the wings with McGeady and Charlie Wyke up top. And if you had to predict the starting eleven from Charlton, what would you go with? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we went the same way. Obviously, Ben Evans in goal, but uh, we had a back four uh, of Perrington, Pearson, Innes in the middle, and Adam Matthews on the right, uh, and that's a decent balance. So it wouldn't surprise me if he if he starts the same side that, that started against Doncaster, and in the midfield then would be Gilby, Prattley, um, Forster, Kasky, and he played Ian Martin, who's normally a left back, a little bit further up on the right, and he scored the goal. Um, yeah, that, that won us the game, uh, and then Jayasimi is, is is quite a decent. I mean, he played for Swindon, so I don't know if you came across him when he played for Swindon, but uh, good good future prospect. He's a little bit, uh, uh, maybe a little bit lightweight, but he's got some talent, the kid, and uh, so he might start him on the on the left side of midfield, uh, almost like a um, sort of a four uh, three two one type formation, but. Um, I know that uh, that will depend on how you line up, I guess. Uh, and then Jake yeah. Stockley up top on his own, and then Ike will come in off the bench. Um, Famwo, who's our other centre-half, who's just coming back, had a bit of a tweak, so they didn't risk him on Saturday. He may figure, but I doubt if he'll start him, so he might be on the bench. And then off the bench, Liam Miller's the one that uh, may start in his place. He was, uh, he's, he's the guy we got on loan from Liverpool. He's, he's quick, yeah. likes to play on the left, likes to take people on. Um, and uh, good player. Final ball sometimes can be a bit iffy, but a good player. So he might start instead of Jai Simi. That would be the, uh, the only potential switch, I think. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, the score predictions for the game. <laughs> first, a few from Twitter. Um, Lewis, if you, if you remember with... me from previous, you know I don't do predictions, but uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to hold out for a draw on this one. That's that's going to be my, my thought. Yeah. I went with a 2 0 Sunderland. I've got to be confident. 
Well, absolutely, um, I, can, I can understand that uh, you'll be going into all, all Sunderland fans will be going into this with a with a level of confidence that uh, so you should have as well on the run you're on. But yeah. um, you know, as I said before, we play quite well away from home, and um, we've got a renewed confidence about us since the change of manager. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm holding out that we'll uh, we'll hold you to a draw. Yeah. Um, a few from Twitter. Obviously, Paul also said two 0 Lewis has went with a two one. Ethan's gone with a four four two for Sunderland. That would be a interesting game. Yeah, I hope he hasn't put his mortgage on it. <laughs> Could it be a nil nil again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and last but not least, Jordan has went with a two two. That's two quite high scoring goal and um, high scoring game. So we will wait and see. But that is. All we have time for. It's been a pleasure to have you on again, Terry. Likewise, Josh. Cheers, mate. And, uh, and I was serious about I uh, really hope you guys go up. And I hope you go up automatically instead of having to go stressful through the playoffs. And uh, looking forward to, to uh, Saturday's first trip up to the stadium and like for me. Roker Park was my last visit up to Sunderland. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully being the championship next season. Fingers crossed, both of us, yeah. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? As long as it's not another playoff final at Wembley no, no, between no, no, Charlton no, and Sunderland. No, no. Well, we're not going to go up automatically, so you've got to, all right? We'll shake hands on that one. Absolutely. (laughs) As mentioned in the previous podcast we did, we're also recording a new and improved quiz tomorrow night that will go live um, at some point on Friday. I'm not entirely sure when, probably around five or six o'clock. Some good questions I've got ready to use. That will be a fun one to record and, of course, an even more fun one to listen to and play along with. So keep an eye out for that on Friday. But until then, we will see you soon. That's all, folks.